Welcome back, friends, once again to When Doves Podcast. I'm your host, Jared. Or, bonjour, id bienvenue au podcast. <laughs> My accent sucks. Quan Colomb, <laughs> mon nom est Edouard. Uh, mon nom is Jared. Perfect. How was that? Was that pretty good? Yes, it was beautiful. I did take French in high school. And I took French in term, in, in relationship to really Google Translate. Thank you very much, <laughs> Google Translate. <laughs> this is what it's supposed to sound like, though. This person sounds, I don't know. Let's try Bonjour give... et bienvenue au podcast Quand Colombe. Mon nom est Edouard. She's lovely. Whoever she is, uh, she's lovely. Beautiful voice. I'm a fan of her. I think it is Marie France who is in, uh, was in Under the Cherry Moon. Is the voice of that particular... Yeah, I think it must be. Yeah, I'm pretty be. sure. It must I'm be. pretty sure. Uh, welcome, friends, back to episode nine <laughs> of When Does Podcast. Today, we're talking about an album that is titled Parade. Yes, it is. Ed, do you, do you, do you like a parade? I'm not a huge fan of parades, actually. No? Is that no, true? No, no, I really don't like them. In fact, I was just, you know, we're, we're now in the summer months... And I was invited to head back to my hometown for the Memorial Day Parade. I had no interest to go into the Memorial Day Parade. Fair enough. I, they do get a little boring. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, I felt like there was a lot of parades in sort of my neck of the woods, which may not be true. But I I uh, always hated, I was very sensitive to the sirens. Because when I was a kid, yeah, they yeah. would, like, all the fire engines come and they would blur yeah. their siren and it would be too loud for me. Yeah, and I just, I, I honestly, except for, I guess it's fun to see someone you know from the community and you'll wave to them because there yeah, they are. Yeah, but otherwise, yeah, what is it? It's As people walking around. In Little League, I had a walk in the parade for Memorial sure. Day. Great. But I got a free hot dog at the end. So well, so that was why not. That yeah, was why not. But otherwise, fire trucks and whatever, <laughs> whatever no interest. Yeah, marching Kiwanis bands. Club, the Lions Club. The Kiwanis Club. I don't yeah, really. The Elks. The Elks yeah. Club. I mean, actual Elks. Oh, the actual, you had actual, Elks? You had actual we had a animals? We of Elks in our parades. That's beautiful. Yeah, that was do you ever, this is a, such an aside. Do you remember, and I know Woody Allen's not in favor at the moment, but do you remember <laughs> Take the Money and the Run, and we're on that great scene where he was a cellist in a marching band, and they have him going down on the street, and he has a chair and a cello, and he goes so far, <laughs> drops the chair, plays cello for three seconds, grabs the chair, and goes forward. I don't remember that. Brilliant uh, stuff. Mostly because... I think I've only seen like two Woody Allen films. Gotcha. That scene is hilarious. Well, I'll take your word for that. It really is. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I think this is actually Prince's podcast. I think we're though, talking about it? Prince today. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about Prince's. Uh, which album is this? His his uh, his seventh seventh, seventh album. seventh studio release. Seventh yeah. studio release, and it's titled Parade. The full title is Parade: The Soundtrack to Under the Cherry Moon. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I'm and curious if it actually the title might be Music from and Inspired by. Is that the actual full I title? I think. I think it is. Now i got to look this up. Research team, quick. Oh, man. They're off today. I they're off know, today again. Uh, I know. I, you know, I apologize. We give them a lot of... Their package comes with a lot of vacation time for the research team. We should have negotiated that contract a little bit better. I know. I know. Listen. Actually, Jared, I you're right. I was wrong. Oh, well. <laughs> there, there goes so, that. So there goes that. Anyway... Yeah. Welcome, everyone. Uh, glad to have you back. Thanks for listening so far. Thanks for really appreciate your, it. your reviews, yeah. your ratings. Oh, love it. Uh, it's all great. Please keep that coming. The more of that stuff that we get, the more uh, we can sort of bump up the charts and like keep this moving. Yeah, and the thing I love, too, is I really appreciate, folks, the conversations we're starting, which is one of the things that Jared and I were really interested in on the Facebook group page or on our Instagram or Twitter accounts. We're posing questions. We're getting feedback for folks, people hearing what your opinions are. What, what are your favorite Absolutely. tracks on these albums? And yeah. we're going to try to be more instructive. This is almost like an, instead of a book club, like a Prince album club. Yeah, it's you an know, album club. Go listen to the album in advance. Yeah. Com compare your notes with what Jared and I say and, and see how wrong you are and how right we are. 
Anytime. <laughs> feel good. Feel good about it. One of the things that we pride ourselves here at Wendell's Podcast is our humility. Yeah, we're very yeah. We humble. pride ourselves on that. Humble. So uh, yeah, we're talking about parade. So without further ado, I'm going to dive into. You know, facts figures already. We're not going to do our general like talk about the album well, thing that we do. I, we talked about parades a lot. Well, it's not the album, is it? Now? Do you what? What do you want to say? About I will the album? say this though about about Prince at that time, as I remember, I, Prince did a. Um, you know, he wasn't someone who did get ranted a lot of interviews, especially after right. Purple Rain. Right. However, he had this sort of like big MTV sponsored an interview with him. Yes. He was. It was on the set of him recording the video for the the single America from Around the World in a Day, mm-hmm. and even back then he hinted. That he had already had around the world and day had it just kind of been released, right? And he said, "We already pretty much have the next album done." Yes. One of the questions from MTV was, "We heard from someone on the inside of your team that you already have the next album ready to go." And he says, "We actually do." And I, I work a lot faster with the girls. I'm putting quotes. The girls, Wendy and Lisa. Yeah. So our material is just coming out so quickly. And even then, I was like, "What? He already has another album coming out?" Yeah. So that was kind of uh, interesting to me. And of course, you know, we'll talk about this. But when the single "Kiss" gets released. I mean, forget that, it. that forget single is just legendary yeah. and insanely good. Forget it. But, you know, we talk about how Prince, especially I remember us talking about, you know, the Dirty Mind album, how there was a 180 uh, from his first two albums to that. I think visually, um, this is where Prince makes a complete 180 from his Purple Rain. Absolutely. And, you know, yes. we talk about how Around the World and Day was kind of the fuck you to Purple Rain album. Right. I think this is really the one that kills. He tries to kill the Purple Rain persona altogether Agreed. in this album. Yeah. And I think it might have impacted how I felt about this material, listening to it recently, going in the chronological order that we went in. Yeah, I think that that's a fair assessment. And I would say that to that point, um, you, you you said that visually in particular, right? Yeah. He changed his whole look. And I think after coming back to this album, and I'm a fan of Parade, I'm going to say this right out. I like this album. Sure. Um, I you think better. that... <laughs> get off the podcast. Get off the pod. What are you doing here? <laughs> um, I think that this album uh, musically actually doesn't stray as far as I remember it straying mm. from that sound. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does, but it, it doesn't go as far afield as I remember it going. But it is the look. It is the whole presentation. He changes all of it. Of course, it is in relation to this film that we're going to talk about yeah. in the next pod, yep. Under the Cherry Moon. Um, but I do think that, yeah, it is a, it is a, a definite shift. It is a calculated yeah. shift Absolutely. into something very different. For and he sure. had to. He had to kind of kill the kid in yeah. Purple Rain. He's making another movie, too, Correct. right? So it's like right. you mentioned. And I do think the lyrics, You'll well, when we get into the tracks, the lyrics, too, um, I have some interesting thoughts about. I think they're interesting thoughts. You'll let me well, know. We'll find out. But we'll find out. I they mean, usually yeah, are. I mean, all your feedback is that I'm kicking ass, and Jared couldn't maybe do a little more homework. I, yeah, I need a little but, more work. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just joking. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm really excited to talk about this. I think it's such an interesting... Uh, Different. I felt like a very different um, place for him to go. Yes, musically and yeah. visually. Um, and uh, maybe I'll say some of those thoughts as we kind of wrap everything up with the album. But right. anyway, yeah, excellent. All right. Well, now we're we'll gonna do, do facts and figures. We'll I love stuff. these. <laughs> Jack, give us those numbers and facts. Those numbers and facts. Here we go. So, Parade was released on March thirty first, nineteen eighty six, and as Ed, as you had mentioned, less than a year after Around the World in a Day came out. So the 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 amount of material just unbelievable. Uh, its length is 40 minutes and 57 seconds. It was released, of course, on Warner Brothers and Paisley Park Records. Um, it did go platinum. The highest chart position in the U.S. was number three. Mm. It reached number two on the R&B charts. It only reached number one in one country. You want to take a stab? You want to take a guess? France. That's a good guess. Holland. Okay. 
He actually has a really big following. A big in following Holland. in Holland. Yeah, that seems to be really true. And one of his most famous after-show bootlegs was recorded in Holland. Oh, well, where has possibly his greatest guitar solo ever recorded. Can you speak a little man. bit more on that? Uh, Do you remember what year it was? It was the Love Sexy tour. So I think it was eighty-eight tour, okay. or eighty-nine. It would have been eighty-nine, I guess. Okay. Um, I think it's just called Small Club. Okay, is what it's called generally. Uh, but yeah, there's a version of Just My Imagination, this Temptation song. Oh yeah, the Temptation and song. And his guitar solo, I played that for you once, yes, you, walking it, around Philadelphia, because I said you had to hear this guitar solo. It's unbelievable. It's insane. It's insane. But yeah, he has a big following in Holland. And also, um, as we get further into the Batman era, Candy Dolfer joins the team as a saxophonist, and she's from that country. There you go. So there so it is. So there's a whole history with yeah, Holland. Holland. Yeah, the Holland. Dutch. The Dutch. She's fond of the Dutch. Yep. Um, back to some a couple of little facts and figures here. In 2016, after his death, it did re-enter the U.S. charts at 50. Mm-hmm. Got as high as 50. Um, and of course, uh, this is sort of just a sad note to say, it was the last album to be credited to Prince and the Revolution. Revolution, R.I.P. Yep. Um, but I have some feelings on why this made sense for him to, to, to disband Sure, it. and we'll get there. And I'm right about it, pretty much. I got inside Prince's head and wow. saw it. Okay, well, I'll be interested to debate that. <laughs> so there were there were four singles mm. from uh, Parade. Edward, yeah. as is our won't. Do you want to take a stab at what the I four think, were? I think, I think. Kiss was number with the Obviously, first one. Obviously, Kiss was the first one. It was released on February 5th, 1986. Mountains. Correct. Mountains was the second one, released on May 7th, 1986. You said there were four, though, right? There were four. Uh, Girls and Boys was third? It was the fourth one. Okay. And that was released on August 4th, 1986. Wait, hold on. What am I missing here? Girls and Boys. Now, let me and let me, let me back up. Is that like a European release type of weird thing? Girls and Boys was only released in the UK and Europe. Interesting. And then I'll give you its top rankings. It reached 12 in Holland. It reached 11 in the UK. And it broke the top 10. It hit number 10. In Belgium. Good old Belgium. They loved him there. And the other one is Another Lover Hole in Your Head. That is correct. That was released on July 2nd, 1986. <clears throat> um, so, Kiss, of course, was number one hit. Is there any commentary around that cough? What was that, what that meant? You didn't agree with that release date? I, <laughs> yeah. It was, I, was, I was iffy about that release date. Yeah. Um, Kiss reached number one. It held the slot for two oh, weeks. Monster, song. and I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna throw in some stuff here about Kiss because it's such a it was such it's a huge epic. Hit. Yeah, it did reach. It was it was named 465 on the Rolling Stone 500 greatest songs of all time. So it did make that list. The New Musical Express, uh, the NME from the UK, they named Kiss number four on their list of the 150 greatest singles of all time. Wow. And they named it the single best single. The, the single best <laughs> single, single. single. How yeah. about that? The number one best single of 1986. Yeah. It was his third number one hit following When Doves Cry and Let's Go Crazy. It won the Grammy for Best R&B Performance by Duo or Group with Vocal, which again, yeah, like, what does that even category. mean? Yeah, but it lost... The Grammy for Best R&B Song. Lionel Richie. I don't know who won. No, I thought it was going to be another Lionel Richie. I should have. I didn't go that far. I should have. <laughs> Dancing on um, the ceiling. Here's, a, here's another little thing. A couple other things about this one. So maybe you know this. A little controversy about this. About, about the songwriting. About Brown the recording, Mark. recording, yeah. So Brown Mark, the bass player for the Revolution, claims to have co-written the song with Prince. It is speculated that perhaps Brown Mark wrote the second verse as the first verse was already known to be existent on a demo that was already created. Yeah. Prince supposedly promised him, this is according to Brown Mark, he supposedly promised him songwriting credit, but that didn't happen. So Brown Mark never got any of the royalties if, in fact, he co-wrote There's two competing stories around this. So there's Brown Mark's version, and I feel bad for, uh, is it David Z? 
was, was it was part of this? Uh, I think so. So David, so yeah, there's a story that you know Prince comes in and he's he's producing an, another one of his side acts called Maserati. Yes, and right. they, they're actually ones who are the harmonies that you hear on the track. Right. Kiss. Right. Um, and he it, the demo was apparently, and I've heard the acoustic version. They actually, I've heard this actual version of his, the yeah. demo of this. It's just an acoustic blues. Right. Right. Nothing much going on. Whatever. He gives it to Maserati to use. Doesn't think there's much to it. Now, one version of the story I heard was David Z. I don't really never heard Mar, uh, Brown Mark mentioned until recently. Yeah, um, spent overnight, rearranged it, came up with that kind of sparse yeah. rhythm and the the drum track yeah. and the the way that the, 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 the yeah. synth keyboard uh, rhythm. And Prince comes in, hears it the next day, he's like, no, 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 that's too good for you guys. I'm taking it back, <laughs> essentially. Right. Then there's a version, though, that Alan Leeds tells, and I think it's in the Hits write-up in the 90s when they released the Hits uh, albums from Warner Brothers, Right. that that actually you know, David Z took a crack at it with maybe Brown Mark's help, but they still okay. weren't sure where they wanted to take the song. And Prince said, I'll take it back, let me finish it, and I'll, okay. I'll work with it. So, so who knows? Who there's, knows? There's a lot of things in the evening. But I'll tell you this. I think everyone kind of within those two parties agrees David Z should have been listed as a producer, was promised he would be listed as a not. producer song, and he was listed as an arranged by. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that means less money for David Z. I think, or, it, I think it does. But I also think that Prince, if you recall, I don't think he ever ever gave another production credit to anybody but himself at yeah. any point in his career that right. I can think of. So right. he probably was, hey, this is, that's that's a part of landscape no one else touches but Correct. Prince. Yeah, that's right. So anyway. Right. But yeah, I know there's a lot of talk around. A lot who, of talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'll mention about Kiss, the single, is that um, there are no members of the revolution on the track, even though Wendy is in the video. But there are no members of the revolution on the track, so there's that. And another thing about this, because I think this is something we'll talk about a lot as we go through the tracks, Claire Fisher, who I mentioned right. first during yes. Purple Rain, because I erroneously thought he was involved in that project. Right. That was all Lisa right. doing the string arrangement. Um, he's very involved in this. Uh, very right. involved. This is a lot of Claire Fisher going on here. That's the only track where Prince specifically didn't want any orchestration added. Right. There's stuff he, he asked for where yeah. Claire provided stuff and he pulled it off last minute or right. took some of the pieces off. Didn't even touch that song. It was right. just, don't touch it. I yeah. like it the way it is. So. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, to finish off our talk about the singles, just so we know what was what, Mountains did reach number 23 on the charts. Oh, we'll talk about Mountains. Uh, we'll talk about Mountains. Oh, my God. And that was co-written by Wendy and Lisa. Uh, Another Lover only reached 63. Yeah. Um, so uh, now for our, some of our reviews. Rolling Stone album guide, four and a half stars for Parade. Wow. And they say Parade was, quote, a leaner, more finely polished psychedelia with a healthy shot of fun. And that, quote, Kiss Remains Prince's best single. So there was that. Okay. Our old friend Bobby Chris Gow. Bobby! Bobby, Bobby Christ. What's, what's, so what's BC saying? Here's what he had to say. Musically, this anything but retro fusion of Fresh's Foundation and Sgt. Pepper's Filigrees is nothing short of amazing. Oh, only the tin-eared will overlook the unkiltered wit of its pop baroque inventions. Only the lead-assed deny its lean, quirky grooves, both of which are so arresting that at first you don't take in that equally spectacular assurance with which the singer skips from mood to mood and register to register. I just wish the thing weren't such a damn kaleidoscope. Mm. Far from unifying in its multifarious parts, mm. its soundtrack function destroys what little chance the lyrics have of bringing it together. Mm. Christopher is Prince, I guess. Yeah. But nothing here tempts me to make sure. I'd much rather mm. find out whether the former Rogers Nelson really takes all this trouble just so he can die and or make love underneath whatever kind of moon or if he has something less <laughs> banal in mind, A-. minus. 
I was I, I want to find Bobby C's Yelp account. I was here to share random reviews of restaurants, books. I love his writing. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's so fun. It's amazing. But again, he kind of like it's sort of this uh, mixed review, but an A minus. That's still a great, it's a minus, right? Great score. So in the in the peasant job, right? Yeah. The poll that we that we uh, have been referring to yeah. in the Village Voice, it didn't it didn't even crack the top twenty. It was ranked twenty five. No but kidding. I will say, yeah, which surprised me. But I will say this. So. Um, because uh, I thought I was curious, I went with the top thirteen. It's a pretty stacked year, nineteen eighty six. Number one, got a guess? Eighty six. I uh, was this, was that a Peter Gabriel year? Uh, it is not. Is so in oh, there? Uh, sorry, correct. It is Peter Gabriel. So, so was seven. Oh, okay. Um, That's number only... one was Graceland. Paul Simon. Oh God, Graceland. Right? Sure. Yeah. So we had Paul Simon at number one. Elvis Costello, King of America, was two. Robert Craiband was three hmm. with Strong Persuader. Uh, Springsteen and E Street Band, their live set, 75 to 85, oh. was four. Yeah. Run DMC, Raising Hell, oh, that's was a, five. That's a game changer there. Beastie Boys, License to Ill, that yeah. was their first record. Go. Yeah. Peter Gabriel, REM, Life, Rich, Life's Rich Pageant was eight. Another Elvis Costello, Blood and Chocolate, was nine. He had two releases that year? Yeah. Wow. The Indestructible Beat of Soweto, which was like a compilation album of, mm. of African music, uh, African pop music, that was ten. Janet Jackson, Control. Oh, that's a good one, though. Jimmy Jam. That's a good one, yeah. And Terry Lewis, that was eleven. Husker Du was 12 with Candy Apple Gray, and number 13 was Steve Earl Guitar Town. That's a pretty stacked yeah, year. Yeah, it's a pretty good year. Um, and by the way, I mean, not that I know those albums uh, in any particular way. Well, I know some of them. Nothing sounded like Parade. I'll tell you that right well, now. Well, the, no. Well, I think that's Nothing. what I, that's what struck me. It's a pretty stacked year of really good records yeah. uh, across sort of the pop landscape. Um, I, I know a lot of these albums, actually, and... and um, I think what caught fire. I mean, I mean, the Graceland album is amazing. Well, it's amazing. But you had two albums that had that sound, that's that that South African sound. sound that became very. I mean, it was amazing how it was used yeah. in Graceland. And then I didn't even know there was a second album in the top ten that was just that style of right, music. So. Right, right. But yeah. yeah, that world music stuff really was hitting hard. It was hitting music. hard. And Peter Gabriel was was a part of that. Definitely, well, yes. Yeah, so definitely sure. has that influence for too. sure. Um, a few more critical things here. The the New Musical Express did name it Album of the Year. Oh, there was wow. a lot of like European love for this. Well, I have a lot of comps about I, him. I think he was targeting Europe here. I, think I he, really do. I, think he was. I really do. I, I think why you see a lot of Wendy and Lisa. This is probably the most Wendy and Lisa album of any album he's ever done. I think that's probably fair. Yeah. Yeah. Simon Price from the Guardian wrote that the album that the album quote is the sound of Prince at his most effortless and assured, hmm. cohesive and ice cream cool. Nobody would guess it was a soundtrack for a subpar film. Hey hey hey! And watch it there. It has Kiss on it. Yeah. Uh, Pitchfork when they gave it a retrospective review after his death in 2016, they gave it a 9.1. Mm. That's really high for Pitchfork. It's super high. So they said really uh, raw, spare, and unflaggingly eccentric. It sounds radically unlike Purple Rain, Around the World in the Day, and everything else released in 1986. But it's baited with that year's most brilliant number one single, Kiss, a song that taught its listeners how to hear the rest of the album. Hmm. Um, Esquire. Because uh, now I know that there's this Esquire list. They yeah. ranked it 12th. They re-ranked his of catalog all his albums. of all yeah. his albums. Yeah. And they said, quote, it's not quite the rocking reaffirmation that critics at the time hoped for, but they didn't love Around the World in the Day either. But it's a funky entry in the catalog, an essential document in the history of Prince's cinematic ambitions as it provided the soundtrack to Under the Cherry Moon. Yeah. A um, couple other little things, and then we can get into yeah, the record. Sure. The Star Tribune. Minneapolis. Hey, Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Uh, they said it was his third album in 20 months is a dizzying pastiche of psychedelic pop, bare bones funk, and Hollywood flavored soundtrack fare. Yeah, okay. And then in a quote that I just adore here, Chuck D. 
Oh, love the Chuck mighty Chuck D. D. Oh. Chuck D from Public Enemy. I'd love for Chuck D. My, for my money, maybe the greatest MC of all time. Love him. That's just me. Love him. Chuck D said, quote, Prince turned off a lot of the black followers with this album. I couldn't understand that. People don't want artists to endlessly repeat themselves, yet they can't tolerate change either. Prince changes all the time, always working on the public's imagination, always trying to keep ahead of them. Well said, Chuck D. Yeah. Chuck D's a visionary as far as I'm concerned. He's, the, he's awesome. No um, doubt. I'll say one last thing here. So this album sort of loosely, very, very loosely has maybe a concept to it. We're going to talk yeah, about that a little yeah, bit more it does a little bit, about yeah. this character named Christopher Tracy, uh-huh. right? That, yep. that Prince played in the film. Under the Cherry Moon. Under the Cherry Moon. Yes. And then there's there's some references to that. And I didn't, I didn't know this uh, until I did the research. Christopher Tracy was the pseudonym he used for writing Manic Monday. There goes my quiz question. Well... You have a habit of doing that every once in a while. Well, you gotta get, you gotta clue me in. A nah, bit. I like this organic. Oh. I have something else in the back pocket. You know me. I always have I a couple. Got, you always got. I always got a couple. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. You know, I just want to say this too. Apropos of nothing, um, last night I was on the Instagram, like you do, yeah. in this modern age. Yeah, and Susanna Hoffs of mm. the Bangles, love her. Who? I mean, who do we please love come on, on the Susanna podcast Hoff? or come and do it face to face to face? I asked her to come on to the pod. Did she say yes? She didn't respond. She was having. She posted something that she was doing a Q&A, and any questions she couldn't get to, she would respond to if you put them in her comments. I love it. That's so I wrote her. Fans out there. Everyone else write her, too, petition, please. Re, petition Susanna yep. to come on the pod, because I said, I'd love to talk to We'd love to talk to her, not yep. just me, but both yep. of us. We'd love to talk to her about Manic Monday, about her cover of Take Me With You. She does a beautiful acoustic cover of that. Yep. Their, her relationship with Prince, the Bangles' relationship with Prince, and why the Bangles aren't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yet, because they, they fucking should, should be. be. They should be. And let's talk about the time Prince jumped on stage with them. And let's talk about that, too. As well. uh, so anyway, that, and that was all 1986. That was this. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing about 86. And I remember even at the time, there was, again, I think, even though it sounds like a lot of the critical reviews you read were fairly, really positive, actually. Very positive. I don't have that recollection at the time um, in 86. I think people were like, what's he doing? It's more psychedelic stuff. Um, but you can't deny in terms of singles, the single Kiss and Manic Monday <laughs> were released in the same year. Killer singles. And Manic Monday is insanely good. It's insanely, insanely good. good. Insanely good. Yeah. Anyway. Absolutely. So now, uh, without further ado, we will dive. And I will say, like I might say, but what, the, what do they know? These people. Well, what they do they don't? They don't know. We've, we've made that clear. That yeah, we're I think, clear. I think people already know. We're the definitive voice. <laughs> we're the definitive That's voices. Right. So, um, interestingly enough here, we're going to dive into the record. Side one was titled Intro. Oh, I didn't know this. This is interesting. And the, and the side two, you know the side two was, oh, I guess maybe you didn't know. Outro? <laughs> no, it was titled End. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? Is that, is that, now you're a writer. Jared's a writer, by the way, a very good writer of stage and screen. Is that something to do with scripts? Do you do an intro and end, like, colon? Is it colon? Like, it? No, it's it's. There's no colon on at least not what I saw. I mean, you start a film script generally with fade in. Oh, okay. And then gotcha. you fade out, and then you'll say Cut end of film or, or, or whatever. So I'm not sure. I oh, mean, I have a theory about the end. Okay, but I'll get there yeah, later. Get there. Interesting. So anyway, um, okay. side one titled intro on the vinyl. Yeah, or uh, I guess on the cassette back in the day. Um, the first track is titled Christopher Tracy's Parade. Edward, what do you think about Christopher Tracy's parade? I got some thoughts. Yeah, let's hear them. Um, 
I love the opening with the hammering of the drums. Yeah. That's very man- yeah. manic. It's, it's interesting. There's, there's even, and, and one thing that's apparent across this whole album, we talked about in the last one, Around the World in a Day, how he becomes this kind of a composer arranger. Now, yeah. he has help here, as we were talking about earlier with Claire Fisher. Right. There's so much instrumentation on this album. There is. It's yeah. so much going on musically with the instruments and everything. So, comparing this, say, to Around the World in a Day, which kicked off the last album, right? Even more instrumentation, but a bottom. There's a bass mm-hmm. in this song that Around the World in a Day did not have at all. It's it's interesting to me. There's a lot of bass going on, and it, it was really present for me when I was listening to it, this, this most recent listen. Here's the thing, though. He, he does what he's been doing in, in the previous albums. He's establishing a world here. Yes. Right? But lyrically, for me, it's not as interesting to me as his predecessors. It's mm-hmm. not as interesting as Around the World in a Day or Let's Go Crazy or 1999 because he's talking about some person named Christopher Tracy. Now, I know the film, so I know that who that right. person is and who that character is. Right. I'm one of the maybe the few people who saw the film when it came <laughs> out, so I have that reference. Right. If you don't, you have no clue who Christopher Tracy is, right? right. So he keeps name-dropping Christopher Tracy here, right? So I have no sense of who the character is from this song, what parade means, what it's about. Like, lyrics like, the show will proceed unless it should rain strawberry lemonade. Here, to me, where I usually like his, his lyrical mysticism, as I like to call it, it sounds meaningless and silly to me this time for mm. some reason. Mm. And it feels empty compared to what I was hearing in Around the World in a Day where I was interested, intrigued. What's he mean here? Here I'm just like, I don't know who Christopher Tracy is. I don't know what you're talking about. And mm. it just it sounds almost repetitive but not hitting the mark with mm. the sort of establishing the world that he's done brilliantly in the last couple of albums. A couple more thoughts. The music here is even more psychedelic, right? And, and, and more varied. And rich... But they, the result for me, listen to it, is like, what? Like, I hear it, and I'm like, and it's short. It's crazily short. It's pretty tight. And I'm yeah. kind of like, huh? And then this is the last thing I'll say is that his dad is, again, given a co-writing credit yes, here. He but yeah. I find it hard to believe he had anything to do with this track. Right. I really don't think he had anything to do. So I'm kind of like left with a, huh? Kind of what? Yeah. Kind of feeling after this song? But let's. What did you think about it when you heard it? Well, I actually I like it. I do like it. I think it's. I think it's light. It's a little breezy. There's a breeziness to it. I I personally feel that it is very much in the vein of Around the World in a Day, the album, mm-hmm. and especially the opening. Yeah. And that it is like a. It's a swirl of sounds. It's a swirl of colors. Not unlike how Around the World opened with, mm-hmm. with that that title track. Of course, this continues our streak of the title track opening the record essentially. Yeah, right. Absolutely. This is another one. Yeah. Uh, with that. I really like the sounds in there. There's even like a little xylophone. Oh, there's there. so many. You know, there's a lot of there. things going on. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. The lyrics are um, they are they're they're diving a little bit more into I think the psychedelic of like the strawberry lemonade rain and all this sort of stuff. There's the line that stuck out to me where he says, "The devil no like he runs to his evil, evil car. car." What kind of what car is that? Is it like it's e- definitely evil a Knight Rider it's car? A Hyundai. It's a Hyundai. It's definitely. <laughs> there's no. I don't think there's even a question about you that. You think it's a Hyundai? Yeah. Folks, we'll do a poll. <laughs> About what you think the What's evil the most car evil is. What's car? the most evil of cars? The Yugo. The Gremlin. Oh, the Gremlin is definitely a runner. The Gremlin it's a, was up there. It's um, up there. I will say, however, that I don't think that this track indicates what else we're going to hear in this album or or what the film is about. No, at all. it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, so, the there, so there is that. And the, the one last thing I'll say is that it was originally titled Wendy's Parade. Yes, it was. Right? And so that got shuffled around. Now, that's a phrase that we're going to hear later. Yep. Which is also interesting. So I, I like this track, but I think I like it sort of despite the fact that it's not doing maybe what he wants it to do. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. It does. And I, I, I have to highlight again what you said before as, as though I agree. I think he's, 
it's definitely like a companion piece to Around the World in a Day. It's yeah, very similar so. in its style, the feel of it. However, lyrically for me, it just doesn't do much for me. So to me, where Around the World in a Day, I was like, this is interesting. I remember us quoting a bunch of different lyric lines from, yes. that, from that. I have nothing here to quote except to say, I don't understand exactly what he sure. means. And it seems like it doesn't, doesn't it's really just, matter. It's just... It's interesting words on a piece of... Right. Which is fine. You know, I guess it's the way you can write lyrics, certainly. It's sure. just kind of free association to start writing things down. Sure. But yeah. it doesn't give me any insight into this world. Fair enough. All right. Let's move on, then. Let's move on and let's go into something new, Jared, if we, if we can. <laughs> okay. And the next track is called New Position. Would you like to try a new position? Well, I'm not as flexible as I used to be. I feel like I, I got to stretch out a little bit more. My hands since are you've been hand, doing, you've been working from a handstand since we started this. I have. I mean, this hand, and it's not easy. It's not easy because the blood's rushing to your head. Um, new position. I, you know what? I, we get those steel drums right off the bat. Which oh. I'm kind of into that. Yeah, I'm kind of into that. Yeah. I dig that. Yeah. This song feels like a throwback to the Journey Mind era to me. Oh, interesting. Lyrically, oh, lyrically. Um, okay, yeah, sort yeah. of like owning sex and sexuality is something to be celebrated. Um, it's mostly just drums, bass, and backup vocals. Or, and, 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 you know, that's all that there is to the song, really. Yeah. There's yeah. not much to it. I like the groove of it. Yeah. I like the way it sort of moves around. But it does feel dirty mindish to me. Hmm. It feels sparse yeah. with just, like, let us propel this forward. So I, I that's all I kind of have on oh, it, really. okay. I'll, I'll say this about this song. If I had an idle moment from 1986 up until, I don't know, the year 2000, and there was a flat surface in front of me, yeah. I would find myself going... Oh, yeah. I love that percussion. I yeah. love it to death. Yeah. Um, it stays with me. It's in my head. It's always present for me, and I dig it to no end. Green with you. Love the steel drum. Yeah. And there's something here in my mind. Forget about that first track. Of course, you and I have a little different feel or had different yeah. uh, degrees of like or dislike for right. that. This, to me, is more the announcement. To me, this is him. I don't necessarily see it as, oh, it sounds like maybe lyrically it's it's kind of like Dirty Mind. This sounds like nothing else that he's done prior in my mind. And when he announces that oh, you, you got to try my new funk, to me, this is his new funk. I don't know anything that sounds like it's funky, but it has a polish to it with the steel drums and the way it works and that bass line. Hmm. And the, the, to me, it's, it's a new sound for me from him that I haven't heard yet. Interesting. And, and I, I dig it. I really dig it a lot. Um, and it's, it's like almost like a psychedelic funk. Right. Which I don't think, I would say, like, around the world today, it was psychedelic. Right. I don't know if I'd say it's funky, but this is a funky song. Yeah. That bass line is funky. Yeah. Um, I love that repeated honey phrase at the top of all of the, th it's very, like, honey. Like, it yeah. just, it just, you can't get, you get the stanky, funky face going. <laughs> we'll post this for He's you guys. He's making that face right now. You guys it's, need to see not, it. It's not great you to look to at. See it's it. hard to you watch. You love my funk. You can't get enough it's of hard. that it's funk. It's like the elephant man's in the room. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wow. Okay. No, too much. Was that too far? Yeah, I just that, what apologies a to the descendants of. of... <laughs> oh, you think that's insulting to the Elephant Man to compare <laughs> them to me? What a wonderful friend you are. Um, I'm just kidding. And what I and just one last note, and this is something is kind of a repeat of what I said earlier, which is there was Prince did push this to Claire Fisher to say throw some orchestration on this, yeah. and he did, and he said nah, pulling this off. I like it the way it is with just the percussion and that bass. Mwah. Glad he did it because I love this song. Okay, I, you like it a, a hell of a lot more than I do, but that's okay. It's okay. That's right. That's all right. 
Uh, moving on, track number three, I Wonder You. I, how do you say it? I wonder you, I wonder you, I. Ed, do you wonder if, um... I was waiting for something. I knew you were going to try. This is going to be a reach. I can feel it's it. Going to reach. I got, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Though. I'm wondering what yeah. you wonder about oh. you. Okay, that was that landed. That okay. was that, that was, was all right. Um, what I find, I find interesting about this track is, as I was listening to it just the other day, I'm head bobbing like crazy to this track, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. such a weird song. Like it's not a you wouldn't say objectively this is a funk track, right? But you know what? I think this is a nasty funky track. Again, the bass here is so good. Mm -hmm. I love it, right? And I believe this is the only release in his catalog that features Wendy and Lisa like as a solo on the vocal. Yeah. There's no prints here. It's it's in right. vocal from a vocal perspective, Correct. right? It's actually when Wendy's the lead and, and Lisa does and Lisa's like a the harmony. backup. Lisa's the vocal. So yeah. and here's the thing about this vocal from Wendy. It's sexy. I oh, think she yeah. sounds amazing. She sounds great. Like she almost growls through this. Totally. Song, and it's amazing, right? They don't have, as we commented on, on some of the previous material, they don't have that vacant harmony sound Correct. that he does with women's voices right. in his previous work. No, they're active. This yeah, is active. this is an active she has yeah. agency in this song. Yeah, correct. And it's great. Yeah. There's attitude. There's swagger. Yeah. I love it. And I also, to keep saying love, I love, love, love. <laughs> you, can't say, you can't say love enough, right? I, I guess. I love the arrangement on this. Mm-hmm. I love it. Each bar gives us something new. There's like a flute flourish at the yes, end of the line. Right. There's a dash of rhythm a guitar thrown in. Um, and it's like he's making a funky stew. Like something else is getting dropped into the pot each yeah. line, each, yeah. each piece of it. And then he has that really cool guitar picking thing at the end. I made a Which note is of that. gorgeous it's, and funky. Yeah. Right? And in my mind, as I, it's funny, I love that, um, which a pitchfork who said that review about um, Kiss kind of instructs the listener of how yeah. they should listen to the album. Yeah. That's great, but it's also the, like the, almost the last track. Right. <laughs> this is only the, what, the third track, right? right. No, yeah, the third. I, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I get the album now. It's short pieces. Yeah. They're short hits. It's going to be a montage of music, not Prince doing 10-minute jams with right. his band. So I better pay attention to these tracks. So they're going to be quick hits and gone. That's That was my takeaway listening to it this most recent time. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with that I, mostly. Yeah, I think a lot... I think uh, the, the success of the track, a lot of it has to do, as you said, with Wendy's vocal delivery. Oh, so good. I think a lot of it. It's slinky and it's yeah. low and it's sexy and there's like lots going on there. So I agree with you. I think that is the success of it. It is very brief. Yeah. And, and in that way, it almost feels like it's not a song or like not a complete idea to me because it's so I short. I would have loved to have heard it go on a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, but I do like it. I like the groove of it. Um, that you mentioned the little picked out, finger picked guitar solo thing. It almost sounds like a little Django Reinhardt-y a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it yeah. doesn't sound like his style, Prince's yeah. style at all. Yeah. And he plays all the instruments on this track. All They're all him, yeah. which I really appreciate. There's those great, there's like a heavy synth ref in there. Um, there's the lead in with the vocal, the laughter samples, yeah, right? yeah. which is all really interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what the song is about. No. Uh, because it almost just, it's almost repeated. Like, I wonder you is like repeated is repeated. And, and the only thing I could say is like this, and well, I, we haven't really touched on this yet. There's such, I feel like there's such a French, French influence to this, to this material. Very much so, And sure. this sounds to me like someone French trying to speak into English. How do you oh, say, yeah. I wonder you, how do I yeah. say this how, how in English? 
Do you yeah. want to check with your <laughs> get my, my Marie France Marie France translator yeah. back yeah. up. But I uh, think that's that's what I took away from this. Yeah. It's very like a French thing going on underneath fair. this all. Yeah. yeah. But you know, to your point, and, and and we didn't talk about this, but if you read about this album and Prince recording this album, he apparently pops in the studio at some point, sits down at a drum kit and and just does the first four tracks yes, of this album he just in one them, sitting. He just did them all in one sitting. And it's yeah. hard not to think about these first four tracks as a suite. Correct. Agreed. Like you were saying, which Agreed. we're kind of hinting at here. Yeah. Because they do. They kind of blend into each other and roll into each other. And But I kind of, I don't know, I struggle with it a little bit. Yeah. When you pull it out separately, it kind of like, I don't know if it works. These all work as separate tracks so much as... as as well as they do together in the four-track run. Yeah. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself because we haven't talked about the fourth track yet. But. Well, let's talk about the fourth one. Well, well, the next track is called Under the Cherry Moon. Why can't I fly away In a special sky If I don't find my destiny soon I'll die in your Jared, have you ever said under any moon that it looks like any type of fruit? Uh, you know, that's a great question. I've been thinking about that. Uh, I mean, what? I mean, a cherry moon. That's cherry. super specific. I feel like maybe I sat under a pear moon once. Oh, okay. Um, it had sort of a, you know, pale, sickly yellow to it. I'm not sure where I'm going. Oh, with that's this fine. Story. Yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> sailor moon? <laughs> oh, a sailor moon. You know what I did? I did see the super blood wolf moon. Oh, that's a real the, thing. Was that recent? That was in 2019, the super blood wolf moon. It was when it was a. Uh, Full moon with some kind of eclipse that made it red. It had a red tint to it. Got and it. it was like in close to the... I don't know. But it was cool looking. I took a photo Is of it. Is there any relationship to Teen Wolf and Michael J? I'm uh, sure Fox? it must. How could it not? Um, another great hit That's from what the a, 80s. We're so old people. Well, well, I don't, some no, no. Are. No, if you were of our age, we're all fine. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, anyway. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's talk about the song, I let's guess. Let's talk about the song. I like Under the Cherry Moon a lot. There's there's a lot of things underneath here which I think is is really interesting. It, it's like it's a deep slow burn of a song. Uh, Under the Cherry Moon itself is a lovely turn of phrase. It actually reminds me of, again, as I often say, of Bowie Under the Serious Moonlight. You know, there's like, oh right, yeah, it yeah, sort yeah. of echoes that to me a little bit. Huh. Um, the piano runs in here are a little jazzy, which I like. They sort of pop in and out fairly high in the mix. Yeah. Um, there's a mandolin in there in the background that's playing like a sort of an Eastern European style riff to it, uh, which I also like. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a deeply romantic song, very much in the style of the films he was trying to emulate. Those yeah. sort of French New Wave films, silent films and so on. Um, I think lyrically, there are these lovely turns of phrases. It, it is somewhat simple, and I mean that in an elegant way. It's sort of just saying, this is what I want, and I, you know, I dig it. I think it's really cool. And, and to the point you made earlier, um, the first four songs of this album are edited together like a suite, not unlike like the back end of Abbey Road, right? right? Like where it's all sort of right. run together. Right. And I think when you, when you view the four of them as a piece together, it, it illuminates it all a little bit more. I agree. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Well, let me talk about the song quickly. I mean, yeah. again, I mean, just to your point, like, I'm like, the songs are coming on fast and furious now because it's just like they're hitting, they're hitting, they're yeah. hitting, right? Yeah. And in terms of, like, I hear this and I'm like, okay, I'm in Paris now. Like, right. he's definitely yes. pl- he's placed me in France. Yes. I, this, yes. I can see You're, it now. We're on the, the banks of the Seine. And, yeah. yeah. And, and it's it's a different age. We're, like, in classic movies from the 20s and 30s. Yeah. Like, I can, I can totally see it, right? And then 
what lyrically what I find interesting with this track is, and I, I find this actually, it's funny when I, because <laughs> I was also thinking back on this album, think, oh, it's a fun album because I think of Kiss, Mountains potentially, but I actually think there's a lot of underlying current of death in this album. Oh, interesting. Lyrically, look at this. Look at some of the songs here, or the lyrics in this particular song. Maybe I'll die young like heroes die. If nobody kills me or thrills me soon, I'll die in your arms under the cherry moon. And and you're going to hear, and I'll I'll point at this, because there's a other couple other tracks, especially the last track, which there's this sort of death theme kind of coming well, on underneath yeah. the track. Now, it relates to the movie, right? But I do think it kind of there's a sort of blanket of this across some of the songs, and it kind of this this feeling of that, the sense of that is there. That's well spotted, I think, yeah. on your part. And I, you know, to me, I, it hadn't really occurred to me before, but um, as you're saying it, 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 I made me it made me think of like it's the it's the Byronic hero, right? Like the the romantic ideal yeah. is also tragic. Absolutely. You, you There's die, a lot of tragedy in this a lot of album, tragedy. I think, in general. Yeah, I, I think really so, do. because it's... you die for your love, yeah. and even if it's unfulfilled, yeah. and that's very much Byronic and you know Lord Byron and, and all that stuff. So I think I, that's a good observation. Very European. Exactly. Right? It's very European. Exactly. It really yeah. is. It yeah. really is. Um, and, and even just kind of really diagnosing the, the lyric con- lyrical content on this, like, it's interesting. He's, is he saying that he would prefer... Something else, anything else, but if he can't find that, he'll just stay and die in his arms. Because he's like, you know, if I can't find this, if I can't find that, if I can't do this and I can't do that, well, I'll die in your arms under the cherry moon. So it's it's a weird, when yeah. I really sort of think about it, I'm like, what is he really saying with the lyrics here? I'm not sure. It's almost like he wants to do all these things, and if he can't achieve it, he can he can accept the idea. Yeah, that he'll I hear just... what you're saying. You know, it's making so I it's making me rethink my own my own take on it because I did think of my my couple. That's of what I'm on... apt to do with I usually convince oh, Jared to, with what the right approach is. Yeah, here. yeah. I thought that the lyrics were fairly simple, but now I'm I'm understanding what you're saying a little bit more. Um, <laughs> and I'm upset about it. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Track <laughs> track number five. Girls and boys. For all the love that anyone can But she was promised to another man He tried so hard not to go insane Birds to fly, looks like rain I love you baby, I love you so much Maybe we can stay in touch Meet me in another world, space and joy Edward, girls and boys, what are your thoughts? Do you have preferences? Do you prefer one to the other? I mean, just in general. Generally, uh, I think in terms of small children's children. Um, hmm. Easy enough. Boys are from what I listen. You have, have you have nieces, right? I have nieces. I have all nieces. So my all family nieces. is very on girls. A lot of girls we, going on there. In the Dirty Mind episode. We established. Oh, I knew you were going to you're gonna bring this up with the with the yeah. sisters. Well, thing we're again. Gonna, yeah. Anyway. Um, what I've, what my experience has been in talking to my sisters, I have no children that I'm right. aware of. So the, the, um, here's a surprise guest. <laughs> hey, it's your Who oh my yeah. gosh, looks like the elephant man. So, uh, <laughs> God, God help us. Um, where are we going with this? I don't know. Control. Anyway, what do you think about this song? This to me is another entry to what from New Position his new funk. Mm. This is this is this doesn't sound like anything else he's done at this point, right? You got these horns coming in, yeah. And 
that bass sax, I wrote, wrote my God, God as J-A-W-D, like Lord, like God. <laughs> that bass sax from Eric Leeds is insane. It's and he, a monster. And he gets his first credit, Eric Leeds, um, with his horn arrangement, and it is on. This this horn line and that arrangement is spot on beautiful and funky as all can be. And, and what is the sound underneath? What's that weird... Is it a keyboard sound? That kind of... It's kind of a little off pitch. I think it, I, it must be a synth. Is it a whole, I agree. I, I guess. I'm not sure. And it's so weird, but it's so interesting to yeah. have just laying underneath it all, you know? And for me, like, this is this is a Prince Formula song. Like, we've heard the formula of this song before, like mm-hmm. in 1999, right? Mm-hmm. Funk, seduction, and everything. But again, like we just talked about with Under the Cherry Moon, let's pour some French on this. Let's, yeah. let's make it very French-specific and, and Franco-centric, right? So we have... The funk being, in my mind, dare I say it, a little more sophisticated. It's mm. not raw. It doesn't have that raw energy that I think a lot of his really great funk songs have. Mm-hmm. There's a sort of sophistication around the arrangement here, right? And it, it's all once, it's all at once, like kind of cool, but it's not as stanky. It's not as funky, stanky as maybe some of his like Let's Work and some of his other really straight funk tracks yeah. because of that sophistication. And it reminds me, if you if you folks who are listening are familiar with the video, I'm not sure if you've ever seen the video of the song. I have not. So it's it's taken directly on the set from the movie, right? Okay. It's in black and white. Right. Um, and um, the, the video takes place in a fine dining Fran- restaurant. And I would say French restaurant, but it's in France, it's so France. it's a French restaurant. It's in France. And so what's interesting to me, like the point of the scene in the movie is that he's bringing street and funk creds to like a place where it's uppity upscale kind of of rich people who don't get it. Right. But he's, but he's meeting them halfway in the video. Like Prince is in a tuxedo. Right. He's playing their game. And that's what I think is interesting about where his material is on the funk side in this album. It's not straight ahead funk to me. Right. There's this sophistication that, that kind of gets dropped on top of it, which for me, from an arrangement perspective is interesting from a raw funk gets me in the gut way. It creates a little distance between me and the material that he's created. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What did you think about um, it? I wrote down, give it to me. Yeah. Just give it to me. Give me this low light funk. And by low light, I mean like the lights are low. Like it's dim, <laughs> right? It's quiet. <laughs> With that bass sax, there's fin- finger symbols. Finger oh, yeah. symbols, by the way, are all over this album. Yeah, They're there's a lot of finger symbols. A lot of finger symbols. Yeah. There's those great weird synth sounds, whatever yeah, those are. It's so cool. Um, this yeah. is a song to grind to in the dark in a club that's on the wrong end of town. There you go. Right? Like, and this, what does that smell like, Jared? Well, see, I was thinking about that. I think it smells <laughs> like, because I haven't done my smell feature in a little you bit. You haven't. I You're haven't come back it. to it. I feel like this smells like um, old, like, cologne mm. and like shoe leather or something and a little bit of sweat in there yeah, but, but, but in a good way but in a good way yeah i kind of like yeah. in like in this club that you're going to in the wrong end of town it's a place that wants to appear fancier and more upscale than it is but it's really a dive right and you know what i love the way you're describing this to me it, it kind of highlights what i just said because yeah. to me it would be a mix of some nice cologne like yeah. fancy perfume yeah. and cologne yeah but sweat and there's something yeah there's something yeah there's something it. a little something underneath under that yeah. yeah i um, like that a lot yeah i really dig this song yeah. uh, interestingly enough bobby Z uh, wanted this to be the second single. He really lobbied for this to be the second mm. single, and he thought that if it was, all of the other singles would have done better because Kiss was such a monster. Yeah, right. This would have done better. Yeah. And just for by way of uh, you know being whatever uh, a completist, um, if you're curious, so there is a there is a spoken word bit in the song. Yep. that's in French. I, I translated through my yeah. Google Translate. Yeah, I have Did you tra- do the same. I have the translation here, and the, the, it spoke by Marie France, as we yep. mentioned before. Yeah. So according to what I found, it says. 
The French translates to this. You were on the other end of the room slash hall. Yeah. You were dancing so hard or strong. I could smell your perfume. Right? right. We're talking about perfume yeah, there. Absolutely. Your smile told me we should talk. Sex and rest, baby. I yeah. know you'll like that. You won't resist it, baby. I'll wrap my legs around you, baby. During the hours, I'll astound you, baby. Make love, make love, we'll meet. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty. That's nice. pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty Marie cool. France, by the way, is in is in the movie uh, under the yes, cherry right. Moon. So well, when we get to that review, we can talk yeah. about Marie. She's a wonderful, wonderful being. <laughs> uh, the other thing I just wanted to drop, because I was trying to think through, why did he pick the title to be Girls and Boys here? You know, and I was trying to think through that and I didn't have a great answer, frankly. But I will say this. He drops the girls and boys stuff again, and you got the look. Yeah. If you recall his his kind of talking part in the middle of that where he does the, uh, here we are, folks, boys versus girls in yeah. the World, World Series, Series of, of Love, Love. slamming. Um, so I, I don't know if I, just as a point of reference, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you have a take on maybe why he decided I, to make think, that the, the title. Yeah, of it's a song. good question. I think it's, uh, maybe I'm wrong about this, of course, but I think it's just like sort of a call to arms for the kids in the club. Who's in the club? Who's dancing yeah. to this? It's the girls and the boys. Yeah. Right? And and that's in 1986. That's all that there was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. General it was sort of a binary type of thing. It was sort of a binary time in that, yeah. in that way. Yeah. So I think he's I think he's just calling out to them, like, let's go. Let's get it on. Fair you enough. Know, yeah. To quote Marvin Gaye, let's get it on. Let's get it on. Uh, anyway, moving on. Yeah, moving on. So the next track is a, a little ditty called Life Can Be So Nice. Jared, do you agree with this? That life can be so nice? Yeah, can it be so I mean, nice? It can be. It can be nice, but it can be so well, nice. Well, see, it's the so. Yeah, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to stick with that. Yeah. I, I really like uh, this song. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is the most uh, around the world in a day e mm. song on here. Um, it has a Stevie Wonder-like piano, electric piano stuff on it. Uh, it it's got those sweeter-than-sweeter candy, like keyboard whistle riffs, those yeah. little... I think that's a flute. Is that actually I think a, flute? It's a flute? I thought it was a keyboard. Because I think, I think Claire Fisher does orchestrate this. Okay, stuff. well, yeah. great. Uh, great. Um, yeah. You know, I think that there's some great stuff. Like, I love the lyric, no one plays the clarinet like you play my heart. I yeah. think it's a great lyric. Yeah, that's really good. And it has that weird but kind of great off-rhythm breakdown in the middle, oh, which so is really good. cool. It's so good. Now, I will say that... I, to be fair, it is a little repetitive. Okay. The song is a little repetitive for sure, but it's to me, it's musically very adventurous with its structure, mm-hmm. the time signatures, the sudden sort of stops and starts. So I like how odd it is. It's an odd song, and I like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I actually, this is one of my favorite tracks on the album. I, I think the drumming here is just relentless, yeah. and that double bass drum is insane, and it just, it's just, it's, it's chaotic, but it's so good. And I said, is, has there been, just like I said, has there been a funkier violin arrangement on a Raspberry Beret? Has there been a funkier use of a flute? Yeah, fair. Than in this song, yeah. right? And to me, I'm going to use a term you like to say, this to me is the banger on the album. Yeah. This is the thing that just drives. And I think it's interesting. Again, I mentioned the, the lyricism around death and this sort of, in my mind, a sense of melancholy around a lot of the material here. Yeah. For me, this is the first piece of pure joy on the album. Right. Like, I think this is an explosion of joy. And the lyrics support it, right? Like, 
this morning there was joy in my heart because you know I loved you so. Like, yeah. that's just such a purely yeah, simple but beautifully joyous phrase, right. phrasing. Yeah, I think it's great. And the arrangement here of the guitars and all the things, like, I said, I have a note. Did Sonic Youth listen to this before they wrote Daydream uh, Nation? <laughs> like, I just feel <laughs> like it's like there's they such an have. interesting, weird guitar playing yeah. over each other or, uh, you know, or, or team, was it Team Dream Nation? I said it wrong. Was it? No, that's right. Is the track Daydream Day, Nation? Daydream Nation. Okay. Yeah. Um, I love it. And that last push at the end, like, it's so damn good. Um, and again, but I'm talking about the joy, but I think, and I have such this perspective or lens of death around this, the way this thing ends, life can be so short. Yes. It just cuts. It doesn't say nice at the very end. It says life can be so, and it just cuts. Yeah. And I think again, I I have this theory that there's a lot of mortality, death, melancholy kind of wrapped underneath this this full album. Fair. Fair. I agree with all that. Well, moving on, we will go into track seven, Venus de Milo. Ed, please find a way to make this into a joke because I'm getting really excited to hear it. So with, see now I feel pressured. Now I got nothing because I feel pressured. I had a little something, and now it's gone. Oh, okay, I was going to uh, make some joke about the statue and like sure. you like women without arms. I like, do, sure, of course, sure, I do. why not? I don't mind. Um, Venus de Milo, Edward, Edward, what do you think about Venus de Milo? I have to say, back in '86 when this came out, I think I recorded this song on a, a cassette multiple times. I loved it so much, the melody. Hmm. I had it on repeat essentially before you could have it on repeat. This is before I had a CD of it. And I just would play it over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a beautiful melody. I think it's, it's you know, it's sh- crazily short. Like a lot of the songs on side one are. Um, but again, I think there's a lot of melancholy to the, to the track. And I think, again, that there's a sort of underlying tragedy to, this, to the lyrics. And it's, I think he added it because it had a soundtrack flavor to it. I couldn't um, agree more. And that's yeah. why it's on the album. But I actually like the track. I think it's I think it's a pretty yeah. really beautiful and beautiful arrangement. Yeah, it. I like it too. I agree with you. It feels like film score music. Yeah, that's what it absolutely. is. Absolutely. Um, yeah. which it is. Um uh, to me this this instrumental piece really echoes conditions of the heart. Oh, okay. Actually. Okay. It's more orchestral, it's more formal sounding yeah. in its way. Yeah. But I do think it echoes that. Um the strings, you know, following the piano in tandem I, I really quite like. Um yeah. You know, the horn that comes in is very much of that era. It's, it sounds very much of the 80s, that horn yeah. that comes in. Yeah. Um, but there's a, with that horn, there's a weird bass note buried underneath it you have to really Ooh. listen to. That's that, that thing? Yeah, yeah. Which is great. Yeah. And that makes this tight little uh, instrumental track a little stranger than mm-hmm. it seems at first. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like we've we've long established that our guy here likes to throw in a hint of something a little off. Yeah. yeah. You know, so when you yeah. you think you're listening to one thing and you're like, what is what is that yeah. sound? That's really cool. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm into that. Yeah. I love it. Um, so let's move on to side two, which is titled The End. Yeah. And the next track is called Mountains. What about this song? 
I really dig mountains. And I know that this is a this is a favorite for a lot of princes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's fair to call it a deep cut because it was officially a single, mm-hmm. but I do think that it it is under the radar for sure. Would you agree with that? I'm biting my tongue because I have a lot to say about this. Okay, track. great. We only have so much time, um, <laughs> but I'm with you. Yes, but, uh, yeah. I I know this is a, a like let's say it's a cult favorite for princes, and I get why. It's it's a bit of a throwback with his vocal sounding again to me like sort of Dirty Mind era, frankly. The rhythm is just propulsive, and there's more finger symbols in this. And musically, it sounds, it feels rather mostly like a like a former era as well. And mm-hmm. I wonder if that's why it didn't work as well as a single as they thought it would at the time. He, you know, he had kept changing his sound since Purple Rain, and this feels a little bit more like that. This feels a little Purple Rain ish to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe given that he had gone from Purple Rain. To around the world today, to the stuff we'd already heard, and you know, we just heard "Kiss." I guess would be the most latest thing. Maybe the general didn't quite know what to do with it. Didn't quite know where to put this song. Maybe. Yeah, um, it has it has another weird time signature breakdown in it, which gives it a. Yeah, I, I think that it gives this uh, a slight hard to listen to vibe. If hmm. that makes sense, like because I feel like that time signature breakdown kind of it jars your ear a yeah. little in a way yeah. that makes you go, "Oh, wait a minute." Yeah. Um, but I think you need to to live with this one a little bit to understand what a jam this song is. This is a favorite for me for sure. Great guitar riffs being repeated, mm-hmm. um, and even the end of it is odd because all of a sudden it yeah. feels like a different song. Yeah. But um, yeah. this one is awesome. It was co-written by, as we said, by Wendy and Lisa. It feels like them. It feels like the revolution. And I am here. For mountains, I want to climb these mountains. <laughs> climb every mountain. It's only mountains, man. It's In only mountains. Yeah. yeah. Uh, listen, I was biting my tongue as you introed this because, yeah, I'm with you. I'm one of those fans. Yeah. This, without a doubt, is the most underappreciated single in Prince's whole catalog. Yeah. Without a doubt. It should have been a smash single hit in, in for Prince. It yeah. really should have been. Every, for me, everything in this song works. It grooves. The harmonies are on point. The horn arrangement is solid. And what a fucking groove. Like, it yeah, just... What a su- groove. And it's not like a simple funk, simple groove. There's odd chord changes, like you yeah. said. Different weird breakdowns, right? I love his falsetto here. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, ain't, it ain't a pretty falsetto. It's raspy. It's yeah, raw. It's, it's yeah. a really great... And the chorus, the way it kind of elevates the song, it's almost orgasmic, the way that chord change lifts into the chorus. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And that horn line from yeah. Eric again. Eric yeah. leads. It's just it's perfect, right? Yeah. And then that that breakdown, that guitars and drums on the one. Yeah, forget it. Forget about it, right? Yeah, forget about it. And I love the again a welcome dose of joy here. Like I said, because I feel like there's a lot of. I mean, he talks about some horrible things in this this song, like yeah. hijacks in the air and yeah. starvation. Well, this this song, right? mountains is joyous, but mountains is joyous. The chorus is joyous, right? But 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 the bottom line here is love will conquer if you just believe. Yeah. So that's yeah. a beautiful thing. Yeah. And like you were saying. That ending B line that he does there with yeah. the chord changes, yeah. we could do a podcast just about that. About that, totally, because it's so interesting. Yeah, that change, yeah, and it lifts and it changes chords and or keys and it, it's amazing. Yeah, my bottom line is this: I don't think the world in '86 deserved this song, <laughs> and I'm not sure if they still, if we still are in a place where we deserve this wow. song. That's how good this song is. All right, last two quick notes, Miko. And Atlanta Bliss are credited here as as players, and that's a nice precursor to what's going to happen with the sign of the time span is the revolution disappears. Right. We have new players added. You're getting a little dose of those players here. They're great players. Yeah. They're added here for this track. And in my opinion, 
as maybe not surprised to hear, this is the best Wendy and Lisa Penn track in his catalog that I'm aware of. But this this is a Wendy and Lisa song, from what I understand. They yeah. really wrote this, and he kind of put it together. Right. But this is their track. Ah, it's yeah. it's it's gorgeous. It's That's great. your second Chef's Kiss on this. I know, podcast. and I'm getting. I know, I know. Wow, there's a lot of Chef's Kisses. How, you, maybe should we change our rating to how many chef kisses it gets? No, it's not. No, okay. It's, it's, it's the sweetest chef from the Muppets. <laughs> moving on. Furty, furty, here. Furty, furty, Okay. Uh, track number nine on Parade is titled Do You Lie? Do you think of me or do you lie? Do you lie? When I'm Uh, not to me. No, of course not. I'm no, not going to lie to you ever. Would I lie to you? That's a different pod, Ooh, too. Hello, Annie Lennox. Yeah. Um, I said, hello, Paris Bistro. I literally have that yeah. for this one, right? For Do You Lie? I think this song is kind of fucking amazing, actually. Like, Oh, interesting. Here we go. Okay. I think the chord changes here. His vocal, like it swings, it strains. There's this one section where he hits some impossibly high notes with his vocal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it... I like his lyrics here. Like, I actually think the lyrics are kind of cool. There's that line, do you cry from the inside out, dear? Or are they just artificial tears? I think that's such a great line. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to a point that you make on and on again with... <laughs> I didn't mean to, well, I'm I didn't mean to make that sound that way. I'm I mean, you, the recurring right. theme you bring up, not that you go on and on about it like it's about horse. horses. About horses? It's not horses. a horse thing. Oh, okay. by, no, by the way, no horse is mentioned yet. Yeah, I yet. know. I know. Um, the music runs counter to the lyrical content. I think the song's kind of light and kind of has that, that Paris Bistro feel to it. But it's it's about you can't trust this person. There's, can you trust them at all? Um, and just one last little note. Um, Jonathan Melvoin on drums here. No yes. Bobby Z. No Bobby so a lot, Z. a lot of jazz, yes. a lot of brushwork going on with this one. Yeah. And you love it. Why? Don't lie to me here. Do you love this song? I do not. Oh. Uh, this is my least favorite on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an odd French cabaret style song. Something blue. Sorry. <laughs> there's lots of strings. You know, there's that accordion in the back. Oh, you sound like, so bored even talking about it. Yeah, there's some light female voice. Here's the thing. It's not a favorite because it feels radically out of place to me. And it also feels like, again, we talk sometimes about the sequencing of the records. Yeah. To put this after Mountains feels uh, like a completely bizarre Would it place. have worked better in a different place, in your mind? Like, would you have liked it more if it was in somewhere else? Yeah, I, I, maybe. I mean, I think that's very possible I would have yeah. liked it more, but um, it's it's not a favorite to me. It got old for me really fast. Sort of the gimmick of it, the the, the cabaretness of it got really old mm. for me. Um, and, and especially, considering where, again, the sequencing, where this track is, it's between Mountains and kiss. Yeah, I mean, and like to me, I'm like, what the fuck? Well, what is do you this? put in between those two songs? <laughs> Nothing. You I mean, to go mountains. Kiss. You don't. You don't put anything in Let's between them. You, you don't put anything in between them. If, you, yeah. if you're if you're dead set, I mean, I get it. We're supposed to be referencing this film, and it's a soundtrack to the film, and the film is in France. And like, okay, yeah, I get right. it. You want to honor that. Put this on the the front front first half of this record right. rather than the back end, and certainly don't sandwich it between these two all timers. For me, I was like, I, I couldn't believe that this was the choice. I will, I will say this, and this is me telling you the truth. I, uh, I'm not lying. Is that <laughs> when this, when I bought this back in '86, yeah. this was a hard song to listen to at the time because you want to get the kiss. 
Well, I mean, that was, it suffers because, like you said, where it's placed. Right. Me pulling it apart now and me being more more musically knowledgeable and, and more sophisticated, I love sure, it. Sure, yeah. I find it a lot more interesting, and I think he actually... So you're saying you're more erudite than I am? Is that what you're trying to say? If it means what I think it does, yes. This is one called Kiss. Kiss. Uh, listen, I'm going to speak briefly about yeah, this. I mean, what do you because say about what do you this? say? So it's like, yeah. yeah, but the first line I wrote was, "Kiss." I mean, what can you say? I agree with you. No question, it's one of the best singles of all time. It's 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 very it's very yeah. simple and more sparse than you probably remember. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Drums and synth almost entirely, with yeah. some little guitar before the chorus. Yeah. It's it's I I would make the argument. I'd be curious, Ed, what you think. And of course, all the Prince heads out there that are listening. Yeah. I think it's probably his single best falsetto performance. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, it's it's kind of tough to top it. Yeah. Um, and when you want to groove, you, you want to groove to it when it comes on. I mean, that's what you want to do. There's some interesting, like, wooden drum sounds buried in there, and there's a great guitar solo, which sounds like... What I like about the guitar solo is that it sounds like really good rhythm guitar, mm-hmm. right, in truth. And then um, the other thing we'll mention is at the, at the top of the pod, we were talking about how... Christopher Tracy's parade was originally titled Wendy's Parade. Right. Prince says that in here, Wendy's Parade. Yep. Uh, which I find even more interesting considering Wendy's not on the track and there's no revolution on the track right, at all. Right, right. But, uh, I mean, it's Kiss. It's a, it's a tower. It's a giant gleaming yeah, tower of a song. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, yeah, again, I'm with you. There's not much to say. Yeah. It still sounds ahead of its time. Yeah. You know, I, I have poor Maserati. Well... Maybe they're not poor. Hopefully they got some money from, yeah, maybe, from, from yeah, how big of a hit this was. I don't yeah. know. You know, we talked about David Z. I'm tipping the hat for the arrangement because it's so well done. Um, and I like the humor of the lyrics. That's yes, the other thing. Totally. It's, like, very, it's charming. You, have, you don't have to watch Dynasty to have an attitude. Right. Act your age, not your shoe size. Right. I mean, and this last note, has ever a funk song done so much with so little? I mean, absolutely. Leave I, it I agreed. That. Yeah, leave it at yeah. that. Moving on. Track number 11, Another Lover Hole in Your Head. got a hole in your head you seem, seem so i just love the energy around the way yeah, we were talking yeah, yeah 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 you know listen i mean this is uh definitely slide the family stone autocorrect on the single title like on the title itself it's yeah. very spelled like yeah thank you for letting me be myself um just to note the first electric guitar sounds we hear on this album is right now yes in right. the beginning and yeah. we don't hear them again there's right. no electric again talking about this is maybe the ultimate forget about purple rain album yeah. there's like really no electric guitar on this album right. at all yeah we hear a little bit here um i love the second chorus where there's this masterful back and forth with the backing vocal overlapping with the lead to the point where the lead vocal becomes the backing yeah. vocal and i yeah. love that part um and again, as I did earlier, um, I get a, I get that stanky funk face mm-hmm. uh, akin to the Elephant Man. Yeah, as you as you so kindly said, um, <laughs> I like this. But again, I have to say, I feel like the funk, 
the DNA of the funk is being smoothed out through the arrangement. Like, it's a smoothed out kind of funk, Oh, that's right? interesting. Okay. So, again, now this may be just wrong. a matter of personal might preference. Might be wrong. I doubt it. It's personal preference stuff, right? I just think this could have been a little funkier if it was different, looser, and not as produced as it was. Hmm. It just, it just, the smoothness of it. I still like the track, but uh, I think I'm missing that kind of raw funk that Prince brings. This is a little more... Yeah. Smooth. Well, that's interesting. So I'm going to take uh, I have a slightly different take on that. You know what this feels like to me? It feels like the precursor to New Jack Swing. Oh, interesting. Okay. And, and you know, that very much that ter- Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis kind of sound. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I could hear this track on like a Janet Jackson album. From this oh, interesting. Era, okay. Right? Uh-huh. Um, and more so, I actually think that this could have been a really successful single in the U.S. And it was only released in Europe. Um, given given this, it was released here in the states. I'm pretty sure it was. Not according to my research. Really, I think your research is wrong. Okay, well maybe, but we'll my research that. said it was not. Um, <laughs> but given given the, the the way sort of R&B was sort of moving at that time, I think this could have been a pretty big hit. In fact, I would have made this the second single after Kiss. I, I don't think it's a better song than Mountains. Like, don't get me wrong. Right, right. But right. I think it would have maybe done better given the prevailing attitudes. It's it's got a great. Dark, ugly kind of guitar riff in there. I, I really like this track a lot. Another level hole in your head. I really like it. And I think it's a, a little bit of a sleeper for me on this one. Okay. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to just comment, because we talked about Mountains, uh, maybe the lack of success of that release and this one as well. I do think the critical skewering that the, that the movie got killed these singles. I, I do Good think point. Good that point. Yeah. This, I mean, point. it wasn't like Purple Rain where people actually, the critics were actually okay with that movie. I actually thought right. it was a good film. Right. This thing, this one, Golden Raspberries. Yeah, what was, that, was, it, was it called? Golden, Golden Raspberries? Raspberries, yeah. Worst film of the year. Yeah. Worst actor of the year. Like, he yeah. was getting, it was time to knock a guy off the pedestal time. Yeah. And that's, I think, really hurt some of these really, they're, they're solid songs. Yeah. They just... Um, oh, you know what I want to say? I forgot yeah. to add this in. Just that this is going back a little bit. I don't know if anyone's familiar with the BBC podcast radio show. It's been on forever. It's called Desert Island Discs. Yeah, yeah, sure. And uh-huh. they interview celebrities, politicians, public figures, any sort of public figures. And they ask them to list the 10 tracks that they could have with them on an island. What would they take? Mm-hmm. And um, I, in my research, I learned that uh, Kirsten Scott, Scott Thomas, the British actress who's in Under Cherry Moon, she named uh, Girls and Boys as one of her Desert Island Discs. So I just wanted to throw that out there to go back to that. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I w- we should reach out. She should be in on the she podcast be on the for, the, for the movie review. Of that's, right, that's right. That's um, first, right. Her first movie. Her first movie. That's right. Yeah. So we come to the end. Yeah. Sometimes it snows. What month? I think it's um, April. Never cry for pain. He's to say so strong. Oh, to die on a of the death that left me. Hypnotized No staring at his picture I realized No one could cry The way my Tracy cried Sometimes it snows in April Sometimes I feel so bad Sometimes, sometimes I wish That life was never ending 
talking about this I one? might yeah. I might I, to me this is one of if not the single greatest ballad he ever wrote and and because it's not a ballad it's an elegy it's a eulogy it's a song about grief the, pro- the profound grief of, of losing a friend and I, I'm sorry to say and I'm sure this is true for many of our listeners I'm sorry to say I know that very particular grief I know mm-hmm. a lot of us have it's a peculiar thing it, 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 it losing a friend it aches in its own particular way and i think this song captures that musically it just it haunts me the the rich thick sounds of that acoustic guitar the gentle tones of the piano just played with such tenderness and regret it's just stunning and his vocal lives in that beautiful mid-range of his with a little bit of a cracking a little rough around the outer edges of it i just i love it and to go back to sort of the, the opening track, right? In the context of the story of this album, Under the Cherry Moon Parade, really only this song and the opening make any reference to this Tracy character, right? right? So right. so the, the concept of it is loose, it's best. But I felt, listening to it, you can't help but wonder how much Prince is maybe speaking to himself, about himself, about the revolution, mm. perhaps. He knew that a certain time was ending here, mm. I think. And then maybe he sang farewell to that time, that yeah, era in his good, life. That's a good take on it. Um, and also, I'll say this. I don't know that Prince ever wrote something as simply, truly profound as, and love isn't love until it's past. I, 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 that just hits me like a ton of bricks. Kills you, yeah. Um, and that's the thing about grief. You, you, you wouldn't feel it. If you didn't feel the love first, that grief is just love inverted, you know? Yeah. Um, nice, man. I find this is just, it is, it is a towering achievement to me, this song. Wow. Um, and one last note I'll say is that pr- many Prince fans may recall that uh, six days after he died, D'Angelo, oh. right, who, who, in my opinion, oh. and I think Ed would probably back me up on this, is probably the closest thing we have to a Prince today. Yep, agreed, 100%. Um, 100%. He performed this song with Princess, Maya Rudolph's Prince tribute band, yep. on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. And he gets choked up during the performance oh. and it misses a line as a result. And it's a beautiful version. It's worth checking out. We'll, we'll post it online. Um, Absolutely. I adore Sometimes It Snows in April. And I think um, it's one of the greatest single songs you ever wrote. Wow. Nice. You hate it. No, I don't hate it. <laughs> and I was just, I will start with this. I mean, my first note is that the song's hard to talk about because yeah. Prince passed away in April. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah. it just, it just added so much more weight to this yeah. track, right? right. Um, it's, you know, it, you can't deny it's the melody is gorgeous. It's yeah. just a gorgeous, gorgeous melody. And that opening with the different harmonies and the, the kind of scratching on the acoustic yeah. guitar. Yeah. Mm, oh, I almost did a, a, a chef third, kiss. A third chef uh, kiss. Three's might maybe too much. I'll, I'll refrain. Um, the thing is, the thing I have trouble with in the context of the re-listen is, again, his lyrical content at the time was him talking about the movie, the character. Right. Obviously, name drops Christopher Tracy in this. Right. He's actually, and it's, and it's confusing to me because he plays Christopher Tracy in the movie. He sounds like he's talking about another character in the movie who's named Tricky, played by Jerome Benton, who would be more the person saying these lines. Right. Because he plays the friend of Christopher in the right. movie. So right. I have... 
I don't know why that 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 You're bothers conf- me as much. Confusion about it. There's yeah, there's just it just bothers yeah. me because it's like it's not in his in the right person's voice, but the way he's trying to treat the material, and that just bothers me a little bit. I think the lyrics are some of the best lyrics he's written, maybe in general, but it's certainly for the album. You know that, that lyric where he says he used to say, he used to say so strong he was unafraid to die, unafraid of the death that left me hypnotized. It's gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous lyrics, right? And then no, no one could cry the way Tracy cried. My yeah, Tracy cried. It's beautiful stunner, stuff, right? Um, and I know we've talked about in the past, like you know, Prince writes about others, like in Around the World in a Day, and 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 even in Purple Rain, like it, was it really about him? But he kind of maybe think about purple about him. Maybe he's referring to himself. I'm not sure. But knowing the movie, like I know the movie, he's referring to some hustler character in the French Riviera in a campy movie, and 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 it's hard for me to disconnect. What what the material is really pointing towards versus the just the gorgeous nature of the song itself. There's a little bit of a disconnect for me there. Well, um, yeah, I hear that. I th- I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that. no, and I just say I just think it, it, unfortunately for me, it just makes the what I think could be a womp impact for me if he was just if this was just structured a little differently in how the lyrics were put together. It makes it a little ineffectual. It doesn't have the, sure. the resulting impact that I think is there for the sure. potential of this song. I, I hear that. So I think that as you're as you're saying, and I understand this, your 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 feelings are wrapped up in the narrative of the film, right? Yeah, right. yeah. Because he's so part he's, for me is I still you haven't a, seen it, I haven't so you don't it. get that. Right. I, so I haven't had that. So this song has always existed independently for me, absolutely. And understood. so that's why I think the impact on me is far yep. more profound in that way. Understood. Um, and that's the, I mean, it's why it's such a good song though. I mean, yeah. it hits you like it does so personally. So, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let us, uh, move on. We're going to do our, our little categories. That's yeah. Let's we, do that was it. our last track in the album. Let's do them. So Ed, favorite track. Mountains. Same. Sometimes it snows in April. Well, I understand. I, I, yeah. Okay. Least favorite. Christopher Tracy's parade. That makes sense. I get that from you. I'm sure you know what mine is. <laughs> Do you lie? <laughs> it felt like an insult, people, for some reason. Like, I get that from you. I can see, I can see why all your deficiencies as a human being would make you think that's the, the song that's, that's least. That's not what I'm saying. I know. I'm, just, I'm very sensitive. My know. least favorite was Do You Lie. I could easily take that off. I understood. Most interesting track for you is? Life Can Be So Nice. There's just so much. Hands clap because we rarely match. We, really like, we match. There's so many that. interesting sounds in it. So many interesting yeah, things. I love it. I love it, too. Track that most shows the future? I then was. I then was. Uh, wow. Why can't I tell <laughs> I know we're. I went with Another Lover because I think it augurs in that whole style of D-Jack Swing that's coming up. Okay. I feel like that's sort of telling us about that. that and that style is going to be pretty dominant for about five or six years. Interesting. No one's mentioned the song Kiss at all. No. I will mention it here because I feel the sparseness of this. Think of the next single that's going to be a big hit for him, Sign of the Times. It's, uh, it's drum machine. Interesting. It's lo- lo- nothing on that song. Interesting. And I think it points to some of the arrangements he's making. He gets a little more sparse yeah. in the next album. And I think yeah. Kiss points in that direction. Could so. be. Um, yep. What is your overall impression? If you want to sum I it so up. so much to say. I'm sorry. This is, I have a lot. Well, try to be tight. I, I know, but we're, no worries. No worries. So this was a revelation to me in a very different way, right? Because I found myself not liking the album as much as I remembered when I first bought it back yeah. in the eighties. Right. And it, the album as a whole seems to work better than the individual tracks when I pull them out and list them, especially side one with the, that kind of suite that we talked about. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, Kiss of course, is forever classic. And, you know, when our alien overlords rule the planet, they'll find this song and feel that we're truly the more intelligent life form, or at least the funkiest life form because of that song, right? But but Kiss doesn't, and, and it doesn't feel like it belongs on the album to me when I listen to the other tracks yeah. associated with it. Yeah. It's like a very different type of song, right? Um, 
And I think he's accomplishing what he wants to accomplish with the album, right? He wants to make an album that reflects the movie. And it does in my mind. I know you haven't seen it yet, but it sounds very Europop aware to me, right? right? The arrangements are lush, there's sophistication here, but unlike how I described Condition of the Heart, it feels a little put on to me. It feels like he's trying to make a a European sounding album Uh here, right? Uh And that's that's what's going. And I feel like it suffocates the songs a little bit in there, right? Now... Part of this, I think, is also my struggle with him hiding himself from his music. Like, I don't mind when he puts, like, little pieces of clues, like, in Around the World a Day. But now he's using Christopher Tracy in this thing as this person he's talking about. And it's, again, creating more distance between me and his artist artistry right. here. I'm sorry. I have more to say. I know you're looking... <laughs> gotcha. So, real quick things. I think it's bold of him to do what he did. I feel like... Let's put it this way. I'll try to sum up this way. I felt we were following Prince on a speed speeding highway. This feels like he took an exit. He took oh, a, he, interesting. He took a, he okay. took a turn off the road. Okay. And I can appreciate objectively the artistry of what he's created here. Yeah. But it wasn't the forward march that I've been feeling from him. Okay. He took a, a left turn and went another place. And I'm waiting for him to get back on the highway again and keep going. Interesting. Forward. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I, well, we'll have slightly different takes here. I think this is a pretty remarkable album, actually, mm-hmm. upon our, on re-listening closely. I do feel like Do You Lie is a big mis- misstep for yeah, me um, yeah. that prevents this from being a true classic, but I think it's very, very good. I'm a, I'm a fan of Parade. I, it has a rich, varied emotional texture that shows, to me, someone growing older, growing a little wiser along the way. That's what this record ultimately is about to me, and I'm, I'm saying that separate from the context of the film. Yeah, yeah, no, I haven't seen it yet. But we're growing older with him, and I like feeling that. I like feeling the slight sadness that comes with maturity, even as you see the the chance for more joy ahead. It's it's not the same kind of joy as you had when you're in your youth, but that doesn't mean it can't be good. That's how I'm with you. You know, it's funny. I, the analogy I thought of was: you ever have a friend who you're like really close with, you've years together, like you, you mean? They go, yeah, but they go away for a summer, yeah, and they come back, right? And they've changed in some way, sure. And you can't connect. Like there's right. an inner joke yes. or inner knowledge that you can't yes. quite connect with. Yes, I feel like that with the song. I think that's a that's a like good he went to analogy. France, he came back, and listen, if you want to speak in French, all and the time, listen, he's got if this you mustache. want to not hit it with the American mainstream anything, make a French influenced album in 100%. America. So he was that was ballsy. <laughs> <laughs> to go black and Agreed. white Agreed. French influence on this album and think it was going to be a huge hit. Yeah, fair. So with our yeah. Prince devotional candle burning, yes. how many Prince symbols do you give Parade? I give it three and a half symbols. Another hand clap, also three and a half for me. Oh, I would have thought you would have given it higher than I that. I didn't. I'll tell you why. Because I think that I really have such a problem with Do You Lie. I thought you would have given it four. No, no if if Do You Lie is not on it, and if and also I would have taken off Venus de Milo. Okay. Not that I, I don't dislike Venus, but I would have taken it off. Right. Those two off, it's a four star, no question. Okay. But the, Do You Lie is such a problem for wow, me. Wow, interesting that you that, like that song so that, much. Yeah, I okay. really dislike it. Cool. Um, so, yeah, three and a half. So that's twice we are. Yeah, how about that? How we about agreed. That? Okay. How about that? Um, Let's move on, because what I'd love to talk about now uh, is Dig If You Will, a picture about this album cover. Dig If You Will, the picture. Yes. Jared, do you want to start? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The cover is simple. We're, uh, we'll post a photo of it so yeah. folks can see it. It's a black and white photo. It's the same look that he has in the Kiss video. It's, as a matter of fact, probably shot that day. Um He's affecting a silent film star kind of look. It's, there's yeah. nothing particular special. He's giving you that Bella Lugosi look. He told, that's right. That's yeah. a film reference which you'll find out yeah. very shortly. There's nothing particularly special in of it in and of itself, except that it's showing a radically different look for him from the Purple Rain around the world in the day look. So, Absolutely. So for that aspect alone, I suppose it's important. The, the thing I like best, weirdly, about the album cover yeah. is actually the font 
in the placement of the title oh. to the left of the record sleeve. And yeah. It's on a vertical position. Yep. It's a little askew, which to me tells you that this album is going to sound differently than you may expect. Yeah. That was my take on it. The other thing I would say is I'm with you. It's an iconic image of him because, again, it's so different than Purple Rain and Around the World in Today. It's just so late, like black and white, hair slicked back. He's got that crop top on. To me, he looks like a magician who's showing you nothing up my sleeves. Oh, interesting. Look, 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 interesting. You know, look what I'm creating here, but it's yeah. amazing. No tricks here. Look what's what's happening here. Right. You know, again, I, I, compared to other album covers, it's not my favorite by far, but it, it's such a unique and it's some of it like that's such the era he was living in. Like, it's just so iconic of that time for him that I do like it. It's certainly not one of my favorites, but it, it, it it's effectual. Yeah. It, agreed. Effective. Agreed. Cool. So now it is time for our feature, a question for, for you. Question of you. Cool. Edward, what is our question? Um, it, th- there's a pen song by Chris. Fritch- oh no, we already talked about that. Oh man. Yeah. Anyway, I'm such a I'm, jerk. I'm over it. <laughs> so no, I have another one here. So we haven't talked about the B sides for these songs, and there's some right. solid ones here. Yeah. Um, I, I still won't mention them, but I will say this. In the next album, which, oh, oh my God, Son of the Times, I can't wait to talk about that. We can talk about that for months. There's a Camille project. There's a, a character Prince call, uh, uh, names Camille, which is essentially a sped-up vocal that he works with. He actually gets introduced on a B-side. You'll hear that vocal actually on one of the B-sides. Folks, tell me, tell me the name of that B-side. You'll win so much stuff. So much stuff, yeah. We, so much we, a care we, package of stuff. <laughs> a care package of things. French baguettes. Oh, all, all French things. French fries. Yep, French, French fries. Toast. Yep. That's a, that'll all be in the package. That'll all be part from, of it. From those of us here at Wendy's Voila. Podcast. Voila. So thanks, everybody. Next time, we will be discussing oh. um, the film. I'm really excited yeah, to watch it. be great. Called Under the Cherry Moon, for those of you that are familiar and you want to play along with us at home. And we may have something special in, in store for that. We very well may. So we'll let you know. We'll let you know. Keep your ears and eyes open for an announcement about that. So uh, we thank you. We hope everyone is well and enjoying their summer. And until next time. Bonsoir. Bonsoir. Bonsoir.